to Saving People, Queering Things, the Supernatural podcast where Cass and Dean have yet another intimate conversation right in front of Sam and Bobby. <laughs> because, you know, that's just a thing that they do now. Yeah. Totally normal. Must be Thursday. Totally normal to do those apolo- this, this meaningful apology when your brother and your dad can hear. It's mm, <laughs> totally normal actions between the two of them today, as always. Yeah, today we're pulling up to season five, episode 21, two minutes to midnight. And Noah, do you want to do the honors of, of saying which episode in the season this is? We're at the penultimate episode. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I can't get enough of saying penultimate because it's, it's the, the coolest fucking word. word. Yeah. Every every season. Every season. Mm-hmm. That's because Noah has class, okay? It's also <laughs> great because no matter what, there's always a penultimate episode. Mm. Always. As long as there's two episodes, you're good. <laughs> right. The first episode is also a penultimate episode. It could be. In shows it, with two episodes. The shoe fit. Does that mean like a movie that has a sequel? Becomes the, the first movie is of the second the, the penultimate i really enjoyed into the spider-verse it was a really good penultimate step before across the spider-verse <laughs> see that makes just makes that makes us only get yeah that just gets too chaotic <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> i'm not to be clear love both of those flicks 10 out of 10, 10. <laughs> okay we're gonna do introductions before we're totally off base that's entirely my fault I'm August. My pronouns are they, them. I'm one of your hosts today. I'm Elena. My pronouns are she, they. Hello, hello. I'm Noah. He, him. Howdy, howdy. Now that you have officially been introduced to all of us, it's time to catch you up. If you haven't watched Supernatural recently, here's what you've missed on the road so far. Elena, you're going to recap the show so far. Lead us up to this episode. Uh, allegedly, that's what's going to occur. Whenever you are ready. Listen, I was born ill-prepared. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Okay, so Sam and Dean are brothers that are hunting monsters and demons and bad stuff. Um, There's there's angels and there's demons and they, they fight lots of you know things like mostly the Winchesters they just get mad at the Winchesters all the time um and then this season they've started the apocalypse Sam and Dean have and it's made things really tricky for everybody and apparently Dean is the vessel of Michael and you know Sam is vessel of Lucifer and they're like kind of fighting against that and now we're towards the end of the season where they're trying to figure out oh god how do we smite the devil (laughs) how do we smite the devil that's the Uh, real question right now yeah and terrible recap thank you for bearing with it no you did no no not at all not at all. Uh, I appreciate how at one point in that recap, you went into the perspective of the monsters. Yeah, because I suddenly I, like I, they I keep fighting the Winchesters. And I was like, wait, who's fighting the Winchesters? The Winchesters are fighting the Winchesters. I no, mean, the, the demons are fighting the Winchesters. I mean, to be fair, the Winchesters are kind of also battling the Winchesters. Constantly, eternal yeah. demons so and each other. Winchesters fighting which Winchester? John. Answer. We're all fighting John. Yeah. <laughs> at all Just times. Giant cage match against John and John's memory. Gotta love it. <laughs> okay, now now you get to recap this week's episode. Two Minutes to Midnight, the penultimate episode. I'm ready. The penultimate recap right here. Show us what you got. The (laughs) penultimate recap of the Kripke era. Okay, well, that's a lot more pressure than I was ready for. I love how penultimate can either make something seem more important or less important, depending on how you use it. Yeah, it's a multi-talented word. Right now, it's very important, Noah. Like, Uh, what's it? What's the the drag race? Like, don't fuck this up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, not to forget (laughs) We don't want you to have to sashay away from Supernatural, okay? 
<laughs> I could never. That's oh, okay. You, tell, right. okay I'm, I'm glad that's on record now, Noah. You've said you could never. So if it comes to a point where you're like, this show is so bad, I'm gonna sashay away. We're gonna I pull this episode out, and you're gonna yep. be like, I never, I'm gonna I never say no. Away. We have you contractually locked in because of a thing you accidentally said several years ago. <laughs> Whoops. We'll come back to that when we get to whatever ends up being the season you hate the most. <laughs> I don't know which one that's going to be. I'm not I sure. I, I have guesses. Point. What's your guess about what no- season no one's going to hate the most? Me? Yeah. My guess? I'm curious. Uh, I I think it's easily going to be season seven. Easily. Oh, um, I mean, okay. I if that's the season like... where Bobby dies, then fuck yeah. That's that one. I think that they're, uh, season seven, maybe. Yeah. I think he's going to hate season seven. I also don't know how he's going to feel about 12. Mm. Yeah. 12 is not good. 12 wasn't my favorite. 10 is my doctor till the day I die. Amen. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I love Peter Capaldi to death, but Capaldi's tenant. great, but he's not tenant. No. I, I mean, it, Who could be? no. He's got and his doctor's number in his name. Mr. David Tennant, anytime you want to come on the show, we'll have you. We'll talk about <laughs> Super we'll Hulu. We'll, no, no, we'll do a Super Hulak episode. We'll have That's a special we'll Super Hulak episode with Listen. David Tennant, and it'd be so <laughs> Don't good. even play with me, okay? <laughs> okay. I'm gonna count you in. Sounds great. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so the boys, Bobby, Crowley and Cass are all on the same team question mark trying to find pestilence so they can lock up the devil and also death they're trying to find death and pestilence so like some fools who have never played D&D they decide to split up the party because hey nothing bad happens when you do that so they go after multiple rings at once Dean sits down with death gets an entirely new perspective on the apocalypse and how things might turn out Cass shows up and is like way more human but still trying to help and basically tells Dean he loves him yeah what he said right I mean, that's basically what he does. Pretty much it was like, I'm here for you. I'm here my for body, you. My body cow. is human, doesn't do any, can't do anything. And I feel kind of useless, but. You're not the burnt and broken shell of a man I thought you were. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it because that was one of the only handwritten notes that I have was just broken shell. It's so genuine. He says it so genuinely. So heartfelt. Like he's like, he's like, he's like, he thinks he's that so happy. Dean is going to be like, oh, thank you, Kath. That means so much to me to hear. Yeah. And, and you know, Dean's thinking about, he's like, thank you. Like, thanks like, for that. He's suddenly very, very glad this is a phone call and not an in-person conversation where Bobby yeah. and Sam can hear that because yeah. Kath would still say it if Bobby and Sam were Absolutely. Happy. Actively listening. Yeah. 400%. Oh my God. Oh, Cass, despite being human, still so, or like human esque in this episode. Mm. Powers of a human. <laughs> Now, before we jump into the episode itself, time to pick some music to add to our season mixtape. Here is what we have this week. Noah. Ooh, this week I went with a fun little song that uh, is called I Miss the Future by Lost Kings featuring Jordan Shaw. And it's a kind of haunting but fun really kind of tune about I miss all the flights that we had planned, all the shows that we had tickets to, everything that was our future that we thought about before everything changed and everything shifted and all of that became stuff that we never had. So how do you miss something that you never actually had, but you felt like you had? And I kind of feel like that's how Dean's kind of looking at uh, his current situation. That feels uh, like it goes along really well with the line from Sam about like, you remember when we used to hunt, Mm. you know? Yeah, yep. like when we used to hunt small things, little it's things, kind of that nostalgia, almost nostalgic for it, and also going like we in the future. That's like that's not likely going to ever be the case again. No, mm. that's a that's a good pick. What about you, Elena? 
Ah, so my my mixtape suggestion for this week uh, is a by an artist that we often recommend on this podcast, Human by John Bellion. Yeah, totally, totally an original thought I had to put this song on here. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it's it's good times, but it's it's got a lot of lyrics that I think are representative of like the mood of this episode. That one of the big ones is like, the pastor tells me I've been saved, I'm fine. Then please explain to me why my chest still hurts. Mm. Like, oof, mm. it's yeah. deep. Yeah, and the chorus is literally just I'm so I'm just so sick of being human mm. which I think is a big Winchester mood so mm. constantly they're the poster boys for that yeah <laughs> they're just like I mean if I could just like not exist for a bit as a corporeal being that would be that would be clutch they have sort of said that at least three different times this season in- indeed yeah. so. and Cass you know feeling pretty human in this episode is also like actually I hate this yeah um, I would what like am I to supposed to do with this dumb weapon have to get an yeah. airplane ticket freaking, <laughs> what was it I saw somebody refer to a human as a wetware android like <laughs> oh i hate that never That's say that so again cursed. Oh <laughs> no absolutely no wetware oh, oh, oh no <laughs> sorry listeners we've cursed you all as well if i had to hear it it's gotta stay in the it's gotta stay in <laughs> i didn't know everybody's gonna have such a visceral reaction to that one wetware androids i just thought it was goofy when i heard it oh. powerful okay. What it is. August, how about you? (laughs) August, what's your mixtape song? My pick today is Friend of the Devil, um, specifically the cover by Mumford and Sons, but it's originally uh The Grateful Dead. Oh, love Mumford and Sons. I'm a big fan of Mumford, his sons, though. Mm. (laughs) They're a little dicey. Rude. The first verse talks about like being trailed by 20 hounds, didn't get to sleep last night. It's very much about like, you know, making deals with the devil, running from the devil running to the devil you know the devil Mm -hmm. sort of like tricking you um i think you know we're thinking about sam and this potential plan of like what if i say yes and i jump into the box you Mm -hmm. know it seems a bit like a you know that whole like the concept of a deal with the devil is very much kind of embedded in this song and so i i think this song fits pretty well and the mumford and sons cover is a really nice one Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of covers of this song like many of them are good but very popular song but mumford and sons takes it home yeah yeah, now that we've got our mixtape, it's time for this week's hunt. And today we're exploring the 21st episode of season five, which is Two Minutes to Midnight. And this week's tarot card from the Supernatural deck is the but the Hierophant um, card from the Supernatural tarot deck. So the Hierophant is a, a card that does feature the character of death. Mm-hmm. So, and the, let me, I'll read from the Supernatural, I'll read from the, the card information in this specific Supernatural deck. So, the Hierophant Tarot card advises you to put order to chaos using time-honored structures and traditions. Now, isn't the time for rebellion questioning the status quo? Showing respect for established institutions and hierarchies will benefit you in the long run. And then reversed, this card talks about symbolizing the need to shake up traditions and question rules and blaze your own, you know, the, the description uses words like blaze your own trail, create a path that works better for you which i think is interesting when you talk about like death and like structures of death and like also death being controlled by lucifer in this episode i think this card works well not only because death is on it but just because of like all those connections um mm. elena do you have anything to add from your knowledge of tarot in this card yes i'm so glad you asked so uh this card the hero font specifically i i pulled up the definition of what a hero font is because i know when i first got into tarot i was like i don't i've never heard this word before so <laughs> 
It's a very, it's a very strange word that doesn't come up in common conversation. Um, but the definition of a hierophant is a person, especially a priest in ancient Greece, who interprets sacred mysteries and esoteric principles. Hmm. In the one description, uh, Biddy Tarot is a really great website that has like lots of information about tarot cards. If anyone's ever interested in you know doing their own research, um, but some of the stuff that they have listed is that it is a masculine counterpart to the high priestess, also known as the Pope or the teacher in certain other decks. And basically traditional tarot depicts it as, you know, just this old guy sitting in a chair and, you know, like holding sacred objects. And it just deals with like, you know, sacred teachings and, you know, things that are kind of more esoteric in nature. And so I think it's really kind of cool to have this card be the one for, you know, an episode where we're discussing literally the personification of death showing up and that's who's on the card. Mm. It just, death is kind of this series is mythical figure that exists outside of a lot of the other things that they're used to dealing with and i think that that's a makes it a fun card for the episode yeah absolutely for yeah. sure uh now bonus points to either of you if you can stick hero font into a sentence naturally in this episode when we talk about the rest of it mm. I, i'm i'm waiting for that that so you know just wait for a, a cut in the episode where I'm talking at a normal volume and then out of nowhere, it's hero font in a completely different tone that I've yeah. just put in while I'm editing. <laughs> and like a, like an automated Google talk voice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. AI voice. It's like I'm the not... Google, it's the Google home voice. <laughs> hero uh, font. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. okay. I mean, if we're going to start off talking about death, let's start off talking about death because he talk about an entrance takes the whole street. Honestly, rivals Cass's entrance. And I do not say that lightly. Like yeah. this entrance and Cass's entrance, I think are the two best entrances of They're any like, character in the show ever. Depending on which most shows. you ask me, I will say one or the other. Like I get chills still. I get chills watching Every that time. scene. That Jen Titus cover of the song Oh Death is so good i feel like when i first heard it like i feel like the first time i heard it just remembering my jaw just sort of dropping at those lyrics the hauntiness the coloring the the way the cameras are like the camera angles like everything about that scene is done Mm -hmm. perfectly the 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 way it switches from slow-mo to normal speed and back so smoothly yeah i have no fucking notes for that episode moment it's just so good it was very very good i also love just the implications of him and dean chit-chatting in a pizza with <laughs> 20 plus dead bodies around them just you know, mm-hmm. you know that's deal. just how that's just how dean rolls it's just how he garlic knots <laughs> Uh, it, it is great. sort of iconic to me that like of the four horsemen, death feels not the least intimidating, but death is the most casual. Like yeah. death is the only one that's like, you know what? So Easy. relaxed. Have some pizza with me. Like death is trying the most to be like a human while being the least like a human. Very threatening, but also it's just a guy. It just looks, you know, he just looks like a little guy. It's no big deal. But also death he's is just terrifying. a little guy. <laughs> Julian Ritchie, who plays death, oh is so Amazing. good. And also, like, and it's such a sweetheart. Like, he is, like, panels with him at cons. He is just 
He's so kind. Oh yeah. He's just like this gentle old gentleman. And he's just a delight. Like, he's an absolute fucking delight. That's you watch panels with him. He doesn't remember half of the stuff from the show. Cause he's like, you know, it's yeah. many years ago, but he's so, yeah. Like it's He'll such try. a good performance. It's such a good performance and so different from the way he carries himself just in general. He's not yeah, intimidating he's at like all. He's like a goose little, little dork. <laughs> okay, good, good. I love that. There is a really incredible fanfic that is end of season 15 fanfics. I won't like give the plot points away, mm. but death uh, features in that story uh, and also a kazoo features in that story. Mm. I mean, as a fanfic about season 15 involving death. Anyway, you gotta have a kazoo, right? I mean, it's the next logical step is a kazoo. Clearly. Anyway, that's a different story. We had friends who did photo ops with kazoos and Jensen for a fic. The fic I'm actually thinking about is a different fic that does involve death and also involves a very silly hat. And so I had friends who took a very silly hat and Julian Richie wore it in a picture. And it was very funny. It was a very funny picture. Very (laughs) disarming. Because he's in his, he's in his, it was like a photo op where he was dressed as death. So he's in the (laughs) trench coat. He's he's got the cane and wearing this like bright pink. I think it might have been octopus. I want to say octopus. I think that's incorrect. <laughs> Someone who is listening to this, who knows the people who were involved in this and wants to link, like tweet us the picture so that people can see it. I know you probably, I know several friends who were involved in that who listened to this. Anyway, sorry for absolutely butchering the telling of that story. No. But all that no, to no. say, death wearing a cute hat and Julian Ritchie being an absolute gem of a person mm. and fucking phenomenal performance. The yeah. way he eats the pizza, the way he cuts mm. the pizza. And I loved how the, the panel that we saw him at in Nashville, like he was talking about that moment in the show. And yeah. he's like, yeah, he's like, I just sat there, you know, actually eating the pizza because I didn't realize we we're going to have to do like, you know, 20 <laughs> takes of this scene. And uh, so it's, by the time we, uh, we get to the end of it, I've eaten like five pizzas. <laughs> And Jensen's like an old pro at this, <laughs> not eating any of it because he knows there's going to be a bunch of different takes. And so it was. Yeah. Because he's been eating burgers every other episode for five years. Yeah. He just had a whole thing with Misha about like just a few episodes ago. Yeah. Yep. Misha had the same. Misha, well, Misha had the same, has had the same thing. Like Misha finally had to eat on camera mm. just a few episodes ago. And did he really eat or did he learn from Jensen's? <laughs> tips about spit out the food don't eat the food (laughs) but in in more in that conversation that conversation is a really big deal because yeah yeah, lucifer's got a got a leash around death which is very interesting I mean, yeah, they, when they've talked about the four horsemen and it's hard to conceptualize those four horsemen without some of them, death specifically, being way more powerful than the others. You know, like death is a, a constant in reality that we live in. So it's like, yeah, it's like you don't always have disease. You don't always have war. You don't always or have famine. Anything. Yeah. yeah but, but there's always going to be death. Yeah, death some comes form. for us all. Yeah. You can't cheat death, Dean. Mm. Mm. I found really interesting the acting choices by Jensen and the directing choices because, like, we've seen Dean opposite of, like, s- opponents that want to kill him many times. And usually he does not allow himself to look scared or mm. flustered or vulnerable, but he knows he, there's no point with death. This is literal death. This is the thing. When that, he's having like, that conversation, like, how would you feel if a bacterium came up to your table and started talking oh about Oh my it. god, that line has always fucking sent me mm-hmm. into oblivion because what? 
Yeah. It's such a good line. Also, New Lord just dropped. Yeah. Multiple universes. Multiple yeah. universes and death, death exists first. outside of them. So that's pretty great. Yeah. So that that comes back to, so yeah, if death is one of the four horsemen, then surely Lucifer had to do some sort of sneaky blood binding spell stuff to yeah. get death under his, in his leash, you know, type stuff. Yeah. Because also it doesn't seem like the other three horsemen are at the same level of as death. Like death says, no. you know, I, I've existed. We, I don't know if me or God existed first. We like, he's like, we yeah. don't know. We forgot. Like they chat and they've talked multiple times across the millennia and they're like, oh yeah, I don't really remember. remember which of us got here first. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> it's a hell of a piece of lore. Hell of a piece of lore. Mm. <laughs> Though the picture of like, like the picture that death paints of this, like it's imagine if your co- your coworker, like Chuck, coworker Chuck's bratty kid <laughs> comes into the office and then starts like ordering you around and his dad's fucked off to who knows where. And somehow this kid manages to blackmail you or however into doing his bidding like that's the situation death's in he's so fucking pissed about it yeah oh done can't stand it yeah, he's over it which is fair i i get it but dean really uh kind of goes like okay are you is this the part where you kill me and actually seems more scared of that than with anyone else because with anyone else i feel like he understands that death could make it stick mm. when other people he's like well the angels will bring us back but like if death kills you i don't know especially with his own <laughs> Very good. Mm. I also choose to believe that Crowley knew that Depp was in the pizzeria the whole time. And he just wanted to make it dramatic and be like, well, let's stop for pizza first and just go do that and <laughs> make it look like it was just an accident that they bumped in there just because he's dramatic. Because <laughs> when he goes to go check the building, he pops over there and pops right back. Oops, boy, is my face right. He's not in there. Oops. So, un- so unsurprised by that fact. Okay, yeah. Crowley, this episode, Crowley just goes off. Crowley's oh dialogue God. is incredible. Crowley's so good. Incredible. So Crowley, like, we, they knew we needed a new snarky kind of like they knew we needed a new snarky non-human character after Zachariah Mm. yeah and they gave us Crowley yeah and he just inherited that torch he took it and ran with it he does things like and scene like meta things like that that are just so Mm -hmm. funny it's so good I love how meta Crowley gets also how queer as a character he just is in his just sort of existence in all of his lines of dialogue which brings us to <laughs> yes one of the biggest moments so glad we got opinion. to this point the end of the last episode was crowley propositioning bobby to sell him his soul and <laughs> so loan him he's loaning it loaning him yes mm, yes allegedly allegedly this isn't a typical demon deal <laughs> no this is the crowley that we're dealing with the crossroads king which that's another example of him being snarky like hello crossroads king like what's up but he convinces bobby to go through with the deal because bobby needs death's location so obviously yeah <laughs> so then the boys when they find out first of all them being like what the fuck is being great. like we have not learned a single damn thing from the past four seasons or about just the past four episodes souls. like yeah. <laughs> geez, like what is happening we like, had to talk dean down now we had to talk sam down and then bobby yeah, now bobby's out here just fucking flinging his soul out there didn't even give anybody the opportunity to talk him down he just said i'm doing it normally bobby is the one the level-headed one the one that's like he's the one that slaps the boys alongside the head and is like what kind of idiotic decision did you just make but this time it's bobby being like well 
you know, I'll roll the dice with my literal soul, despite the fact that two seasons ago, Dean did that. <laughs> and Bobby gave him absolute hell for it. Unintended. Well, I think yeah, it's unintended. In a, I hate to say this, but I think it's because I think in a weird way, Bobby sees this as like an out of like, well, you know, I'm, I'm already screwed. So, I, you know, if I'm going to be screwed, I might as well do it in a way that will help the boys. Mm-hmm. Right. Because We're out of options. Himself is helpful. Even though he is, he doesn't see himself in that light throughout mm-hmm. most this of is, the season. This is a way he can be an asset to the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's sad, but I think it's where Bobby's mm-hmm. operated from. And then Sam is first instinct <laughs> being... Jason? What do I know about demon deals? <laughs> hmm. oh, I don't know the important stuff about this deal right now. They're sealed with a kiss. Hey, Bobby, did you kiss him? And Dean being like, Sam, hey. And then the silence as they both look at him. Like, hey, Sam, don't ask that. But also, but also, but also Bobby, now that we've asked. Did you? And the, the long pause before the no. And then just the slow turn to Crowley with the picture was so fucking good. I was dying. Crowley. Was so brilliant. Took a I selfie. Why did you take a picture? Why? Why'd you have to use tongue? Crowley took a flip phone selfie. The way that they look at him, though, when they turn around on the, why did you have to use tongue? So good. Oh, bisexual uh, Bobby confirmed. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. also, like, just, you know, queer as hell Crowley. Like, yeah. we, we already knew this, but just there's just, it's just throughout this episode, there's all these little oh jokes. Gosh, it's so good. And for the most part, I, I think they're quite, they're quite funny jokes. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Would agree. Okay, but also, that we come back to, we come back to Bobby's deal again, like, later on in okay. a couple scenes oh, later. Yeah. Yes, which is honestly the best way to do it, because... Because if they had been talking about this, you know, Bobby loaning his soul out, if they'd done that big reveal and then Crowley had said, oh, I also added this little addendum here to help you out with that problem. If he had done it right there, it would not have had the same impact. He would have been, you know, floundering for their action and their trust. But then doing it after he's already earned their trust and after they've already decided to go with him and then being like, oh, yeah, by the way, I did this forever ago. You could have been walking all day. Like, what? (laughs) He kind of reveals that, like, Crowley for all of like him being up for himself it kind of like shows his hand a little bit like he did this yeah. nice thing he cares. that he absolutely didn't yeah. have to do mm. and he didn't do it and he didn't like immediately throw it in their face before they trusted him he didn't go like he didn't use it as a bargaining chip yeah yeah it was just to a earn their trust mm-hmm. which is this great is there. it's so so wholesome of him yeah I've always loved how that scene plays out it's also just so funny like the placement of it like from a storytelling perspective <laughs> makes it way funnier because we come back to it and because then you also realize that like Crowley has known that Bobby could just get up and walk for I don't know how much how long it is in the timeline, but like quite a while. A, a yeah. yeah. At least a few hours, maybe up to a day. I don't I can't remember uh, yeah. the exact timeline of this episode. And that's funny. That's good. He just waited for the best moment. He waited for the funniest possible moments to reveal I mean. <laughs> Bobby's smile when he gets up and looks at Dean is very wholesome and touching. Oh, yeah. Not that I think he needed it as a character, but it's fine. Oh, it would have been more interesting think- to see a wheelchair bound hunter. Yeah, and they didn't, I feel like that's one, a little bit of a missed opportunity, because, like, we kind of had one episode where we got to see Bobby fighting yeah, in, action. in the wheelchair. Yeah. Other and he's than, been I mean, in the wheelchair for most of the season. A little, a little underused. To, yeah, to be fair, been, he's I don't been, think they went about that as, as well as they could have at all, because it it's mostly just Bobby being like, I hate my life, I hate my life, I hate my life. I want to die. I mean, obviously, like, it, I think anybody that, you know, has walked previously who then suddenly can't, that's obviously 
a huge adjustment you have to make, but just the way he responds is a little regrettable. Yeah, Yeah. they don't really flesh out the like nuances of like what's it like for him to be in a wheelchair. They just kind of like it's just kind of a plot point where suddenly they don't let him do as much as he did previously. Which is another way to further the man pain. Yeah. Yeah. And then they write it out conveniently. Yeah. Yeah. And like as funny as it is, yeah. and as much as I'm like, you know, plot-wise, it, it's pretty funny, and the way they do it is pretty enjoyable. The overall execution is like, you know, C minus. Leaves a bit to be desired. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I thought it was a very interesting touch to involve the swine flu so heavily. You know? okay, <laughs> that was a big deal that year, two thousand and nine. Yeah. This this episode's coming out early twenty ten, which is which is so funny. Like March, because... I think it's March of twenty ten. This episode comes out because y'all were both still like pretty young when that was like yeah. a thing. Oh, I mean, I was like, I was like, a, you were like a teenager. American, what's America? I was like trying to think of American high school years. Um, I was schooler okay i'm like it goes freshman sophomore junior yes senior i was a sophomore school i was just about finished my sophomore year of high school really in 2010 anyway all that the point i'm making is that i do remember swine flu anyway, and yes. swine flu fear yeah, quite well. i remember it a little bit not as in detail as i remember this most current pandemic but yeah but, but like it was a it was a really big deal mm-hmm. and it's just funny to think about how much of a big deal that was versus now having lived through covid like <laughs> <laughs> i will say i don't I mm, I don't love I like some pandemic storylines but I like in in shows in, in general like I think that can be a really interesting storyline or plot point you know things like The Last of Us are incredibly well done but they're also done like knowing the pandemic goes through it's always interesting to see media that did pandemic kind of things before yeah. the COVID-19 pandemic because there's some things that yeah. are weird to see in retrospect you know yeah, yeah. the way they're the way they're telling those stories it's, it's very clear that like we didn't know know what it was like yeah from any lived experience like none of these writers had lived experience with a pandemic all of these writers do now yeah Yeah. but the swine flu i think is a good touch like topical for that era yeah it was very interesting especially because it still tracks as a plot point without knowledge of the the current time place and you know there are kids that have didn't live through that that it still tracks because pestilence is still you know a a big problem that spreads disease and it's like okay yeah it still totally makes sense but it 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 preyed on a lot of the paranoia of the time especially Mm -hmm. southern paranoia that uh you know i can't even imagine what that was like which was not great like the whole vaccine the way they do that that vaccine storyline too of like the evil people are creating a vaccine that's actually a virus also Mm -hmm. that storyline also hits a little funky now yeah. like, oh, I, don't know, I had love, not considered it until you that. said that yeah I don't love no, that, that uh, I, the way that they were talking about that is how i saw a lot of people talking yeah. on facebook and on, in person and it was like hey 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 whoa 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 don't <laughs> take the vaccine because they're gonna infuse you with their radiation virus like, supernatural whoa. writer's room accidentally slash with <laughs> every so often they stumble into anti-vax? like oracle of delphi level prophecies <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> just like you know we talked about the supernatural writers being pro-choice back in 513 now they're a little bit anti-vax and i'm like we win some we lose some (laughs) we win some we lose you know would you say that some of the writers would behave as if they were a hero font i swear to god (laughs) 
Are you real? I tried so hard. I've forgotten what the definition of a hero font is. Now, I <laughs> forgot the definition of a hero font 20 seconds after it was read to me. But uh, it, well, hold on. I still have it. I'm trying to make up, sure that that definition works in the sense of a person, especially said. a priest in ancient Greece who interprets sacred mysteries or esoteric principles. You so, know what? priest I'll give of you Delphi. Yeah, you nailed that one. I'll honestly. give you a reference. That's, that... <laughs> that was good. Bonus points to Elena. Yeah. Gold star. <laughs> I win. Every everyone else go home. <laughs> Another really topical reference that I thought I really enjoyed was the Zombieland reference. Yes. <laughs> like this time next Thursday we'll all be living in Zombieland, which is a reference to the 2009 movie. Like this movie had just come out like five months before this episode, so it's yeah. like a super topical reference, and it's it's great. Zombieland, still one of my favorite. I love zombie. Oh. I've actually never yeah. seen it. <gasps> oh Elena. my god, you've never seen Zombieland? Oh, no. Jesse Eisenberg, I, Woody Harrelson. I know. So funny. That, oh, I I'm very duo. familiar with it. I've just never seen it. We will Burson, have to come back to uh, a movie night of that of some kind yeah. because yes, it's okay. Thanks everybody so for tuning into our Zombie Land podcast. This episode, Elena hasn't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's such it, it's also like such a fun and I love when media references other media about like the same similar topic because you know like this episode has a lot of references to pop culture depictions mm-hmm. of like pandemics and zombies and, like, and... zombies and, and so much tell, you know yeah it's good it's good i loved the the team of bobby cass and sam yes that yes. that trio was very powerful and very good when they they pull up to the, the all the you know the loading dock and bobby's like the first truck doesn't leave for an hour and they're like well that truck right there that one's going balls <laughs> good it's good that's classic bobby it's such a fun team up too like that yeah. combination like it's fun just i like when we get to see sam or dean hunting with someone that's not each other because like when they hunt together they have a really specific yeah. choreography kind of style they fall yeah. into whereas mm-hmm. when you do throw different people into it like you get a different fight when it's sam and Cass and bobby yeah, yeah. it was very good mm-hmm. it makes it fun to watch because it just mixes it up yeah and bobby paying attention to sam during you know seeing him in action saving people was really mm-hmm. sweet to see from that perspective it was... and then to have him mention it later oh so good it's... because that's who bobby is you know he's the person that recognizes when people are putting in their effort and putting in their their heart and soul into what they do yeah and just a few episodes ago like bobby was checking in with sam in 518 about like how when he had to when they had to lock dean down so he wouldn't Mm -hmm. go say yes to michael like he bobby checked in with sam then too like we've seen a lot lot of good bobby sam content recently Mm -hmm. which i love love that for Mm -hmm. us love that for them yeah especially considering like the end of last season we talked a lot about how sam and dean's relationship was really rocky but sam and Bobby's also pretty rocky. Yeah. yeah. Especially post the demon blood, mm-hmm. which is another little thing they mentioned about Lu- Sam having to be Lucifer's vessel is he's got to drink a lot of demon blood more than he's ever done before. Yeah. Yeah. That seems bad. Subtle, subtle. <laughs> what yeah. are you hiding? <laughs> what are you hiding, August? That was the most. Huh. Yeah, a, a weird question. Huh. I- no, I was trying to also think about the like lore of this because like we don't know about an equivalent. Like Lucifer is an angel. Like Lucifer is not a demon. Mm-hmm. Archangel, nonetheless. He's an archangel, and so is Michael. So like I'm just yeah. trying to figure out how that makes sense. Yeah, why? Why? Because they don't really mm. explain why he would have to like drink it's a shit ton of demon blood. They just kind of are like, you would have to drink a lot of demon blood for a yeah. reason. Because and I just... that will, yeah, it must have something to do with the 
being in the cage. And if he's his perfect vessel. If he's made for this from birth, that's why the demon blood's in him in the first place, isn't it? Right. Mm. Like, right. He's already got like the yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's a, a perfect vessel. Why does he need the demon blood? He's like he's he, a bit of a power move. in this situation is like when you get a family and they move into a new house and they're like, they're like, yeah, it's it's perfect, but you know, it's a fixer upper, but it's actually like in shambles. <laughs> Sam's Lucifer's like vessel that. in that way. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, I need he's to make some upper. changes first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like makes me like, he's a bit of a silly. <laughs> Anyway, I'm... by the way, I don't see no ring. That, <laughs> that scene never made sense to me because she's wearing fucking mittens. But <laughs> we aren't like... here to talk about Frozen today. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm not going to make another reference to Frozen. We, we just, <laughs> didn't we have this like three episodes ago I where we like... talked about Dean and Let It Go and yeah. Oh, there Even is a... anyway. There will be more. There will be a Frozen reference within Supernatural down the road. I do remember that, and it is very good. And the Fortnite excellent. reference. Don't forget. Oh no, that I hate. I just, that I, I just, just keep you guys humble, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I like that you catch Noah and you're like almost Gen Z catching <laughs> of references that Elena and I. It's like we're almost like three different sets of references that of which references we get. Yeah. Despite the fact that our age difference is not like that many not years. That fast, but yeah. Because like I'm squarely a millennial. August, I feel like you're like you are on the brink. Yeah, of I have most millennial traits, but you're yeah, on the, like higher end of Gen Y. And millennial, and I'm on the yeah. The and other then end. Noah, like I hate to break to you, but you're Gen Z. I'm actually not. That's your decision and your choice. Yeah. Also, yeah, opinion. I will. I will defend but Noah here because I do think I that agree. like it depends on your more Point your the way you're raised than yes. your actual age. Because anyway, but I was I not do raised that... with uh, actual TV. I have not seen uh, SpongeBob SquarePants ever. So what gen are well, you then? I'm Gen Y, right on the bottom edge. Right, that tiny generation that like kind of exists well, in between actually, millennials and Gen uh, Z. I'm part of the generation of the Black Eyed Peas, and there's a little section <laughs> from 97 to 2000 where if, if you're from there, you don't fit into the 90s <laughs> kids, you don't fit into the 2000s kids, you're oh. Black Eyed Peas. Your generation Black Eyed Peas. Is this, is this, is this a thing? <laughs> is, uh, it's a thing, yeah. Okay, I missed a memo somewhere, but a, I will accept it. It's a thing that I've seen a few times on the internet, and I choose to believe it with my whole heart, so... I love That's having really significant um, conversations. I like to have this conversation with people about like generations and like which ones people fit into and what the arbitrary rules are because it's all made up. And it's so mm. fun to just be like, mm-hmm. well, you have to be a millennial because you were, <laughs> you you are not, you get, you're a, gen- it's so funny. It's so <laughs> funny because it's so stupid. It's like a, <laughs> a step away from like astrology, you know, astrology oh, yeah. is great. And, but like mm-hmm. your birthday does, there's like a somewhat defined section, but there's no <laughs> ironclad limit for where we the generation and like it's all it was like i saw i saw tiktok recently and it was just like the guy was like i need a white girl with a nose ring to tell me what planet is making me sad (laughs) (laughs) and then somebody stitched it and they just go earth it's definitely (laughs) accurate accurate i was like oh no not me watching this as a white them with a nose ring (laughs) oops uh, okay, Cass still managing to be a badass in a moment. Always. Then being like, there, Pestilence is like, there's not much angel left in you. Not even uh-huh. a speck. Maybe just a speck. It's so good because they're like, oh, not a speck of angel in you. And then he takes that little, he's like, yeah, just a speck. Like, he's learning. He doesn't quite have the catchphrases down. He just took mm, the thing yeah, he heard a few words ago. He's Yeah, he's seen his boyfriend do enough catchphrases to, to be able to, like, start to pick them up. He's, he's working adorable. on it actually uh that's adorable i 
also just want to point out that Cass, when he doesn't have all of his angelic powers, becomes more and more feral in his techniques to get mm. the fight done. And yeah. this is a great example, early example of that. This is not going to be the last exact time that we see Cass when he doesn't have angel powers or or they're hampered in some way and Cass just be feral. Mm. Like he just sort of like launches himself at this guy <laughs> and it's takes great. out the ring. And it's releases all inhibitions. And that's that's what it takes, you know? Yeah, it's great. It's a great. It's a I think also just a really nice acting choice slash directing choice by Misha mm-hmm. and the directors because they it allows us to really like see how Cass functions when he doesn't have his normal skill set. And like yeah. I like that that changes and you get to see sort of more desperation, more physicality. You know, when he's angel and he's smiting, he's very like almost suave. robotic. Yeah. yeah. Whereas when he's fighting and he doesn't have his angel powers, he's way more physical. He's way more like beast Dean. mode. Yeah. It's a lot more like Dean. He's learning his fighting from Dean. <laughs> You've no idea how you about that, Noah. <laughs> Noah, sit learned. down. <laughs> There's going to be, he's, he is, he is learning from Dean. He totally is. I also very much really loved how when Cass called, he called Dean and is like, wow, I don't have any powers. I can't zap anywhere. Dean's first reaction is, oh my God, you need money for a plane ticket? Here, let me ask my dad. No, actually, I'm not even going to ask him. He'll send it. He'll send it in just a minute. Yeah, my dad's got you. Don't <laughs> worry, baby. I got you. Instantly. It's giving my boyfriend is stranded. <laughs> and it's Christmas time. For real. I'm gonna he's got nowhere to go like dad can my boyfriend come crash with us please (laughs) also side note I think it's a little suspicious that Crowley had Death's scythe just out of nowhere which okay yeah Mm. he knew the crossroads sure but he had it and then it did absolutely nothing for Dean he just dropped it and Death said oh thanks for returning that and that's it so I think that Crowley set that up as part of the deal with Death Mm. it's like uh, yeah I'll get you your scythe back don't kill dean give him your ring etc etc or Ooh. or i wonder if like it like going off of that i wonder if that was part of the deal but like crowley was like he'll be convinced if i give him something that's that mm. he thinks can kill you like that'll be there that'll be how we'll convince dean like that, that death this... gave it to crowley to convince dean that he'd be able to get the upper hand on death with the knowledge that death could just come right take back. It back yeah death could just take the dean is not powerful enough to stop it because like also it doesn't make sense that Crowley or anyone Crowley has working for him would be able to get the scythe of literal death. Literal who, is, death. who is like one, like probably the most powerful being we've seen other than God. Which, okay, unless... We haven't actually seen yet. Un- unless yeah, who has left the, building. the scythe was captured by Lucifer at some point, whenever he got death under his control way back oh, when. okay. Mm. Oh, you know, that's hell. actually a really good point. Because Crowley, that's I'm possible. king of hell at some point. Right, before Crowley officially got, got on Lucifer for his bad side before he officially switched teams. So there's a few different Or maybe like that's there. maybe that's what cues them to like Crowley's on a different side now. He's mm-hmm. taken that side. <laughs> <laughs> he he took it. He, mm. It, yeah, very suspicious. Yeah. Um, also, just I I want to make a point about the fact, not just from this episode, but like this apocalypse is so poorly managed. Mm. Like, <laughs> what is happening? The pagan gods a couple episodes ago trying to rally together fail. Yeah. Pestilence is like I don't fucking care that these are vessels. I will tear them apart in state and can glue them back together. <laughs> Iconic. 
everyone keeps losing the Winchesters. Like, nobody can ever find these two humans. There's so Zachariah many different... is dead. Growly has swapped sides so many times. Like, who even knows who he's working for? <laughs> like, every single species that isn't human is angry about how God likes humans the most, but God has fucked off and left the building. So, does God really like humans more? Because he seems content to, like, abandon the entire world fight over, like, who gets to nuke the planet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, badly managed apocalypse. Too many different sides trying to fight for control, and all of them yeah, think they have Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, and nobody really wins in that one, you know? Spoiler <laughs> we've learned alert. anything from Game of Thrones. Currently, seems like nobody's really going to win yeah, in this nobody one Nobody wins, especially the fans. Except Arya. <laughs> Arya wins. Uh... Yeah. Oh, we got to talk about the... Bobby and Dean at the end. Bobby and Dean at the end. I mean, what do you guys think happens when uh, somebody lies straight to death's face? Mm. Not I, great things. I every imagine. time he says that, I'm just like, Ooh. well, and also death is seems so like observant that mm-hmm. I feel like death. I feel like death. Feel, death feels like he sees right through Dean in the yeah. conversation they have. Mm-hmm. Dean's not a good liar. No, not when he's feeling vulnerable, and he's nope. feeling vulnerable in that moment. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would bet that death doesn't 100 percent believe that Dean mm-hmm. like believe Dean. No, I think he's willing to let Dean try, but I think that I mean, like, what's he gonna do? Like, he gives. Dean his ring but like no instructions why wouldn't he yeah I mean he needs to get rid of Lucifer too so I feel like it's not so much that he needs Dean to hold to that specific promise but he needs Dean to try his best to stop Lucifer and Mm. that's like that's the agreement they're coming to it's not necessarily like by saying yes you have unlocked a door that is right here yeah yeah or or like saying that this plan with Sam jumping into the, the cage is necessarily he has to do that plan but he sees that dean is determined enough to agree to a plan like that and so that means that he's either going to figure out something else or he'll go through with it yeah and ultimately like once dean gives once death gives him the ring like uh, what's death gonna do like yeah. it, kill them like if he doesn't hold up his end like the if that he doesn't hold up his end and the apocalypse happens then it doesn't matter anyway that's yeah. gonna like it, it it's sort of like a moot point honestly yeah but i love that bobby takes all that and turns it right back around and is like, hey, we're just going to do our best to take care of Sam because you know what? He is a hero. He's been running into burning buildings since he was, what, 12? Oh, 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 fuck you, John Winchester. Um, mm. He's 12. That's okay. Dean's been doing it since he was four, but who's counting? Mm-hmm. It mm, The fact that like that's the metaphor. Also, this conversation has like big like two parents talking about their mutual child mm. energy. Yeah, like, maybe more than any conversation we've seen. Like We've seen yeah. Bobby talk about them like they're his kids. We've seen Dean talk about Sam like a kid. Like, this is them talking to each other. And this like, is Bobby parents. says, we're hard on him, Dean. Like, we've always been hard on him. Mm. It's mm. it's a really heartbreaking conversation. Yeah. Truly, truly. Just mm. like, I'm glad that Sam, this is like Sam really coming full circle with his redemption arc this season. Yeah. Them going, you know, yeah, Sam's got darkness, but like, he's got a hell of a lot of good in him too. And mm. you know, he'll beat the devil or he'll die trying. Like, you know, Sam is not. Yeah. Every time it gets to that particular <sighs> line, I'm just like, oh boy. Like, it's just so nice to know that like after everything they still have faith in each other mm-hmm. and it's nice to hear see bobby get to be the one that reminds dean of that yeah, yeah. and then we come to like that very last line mm. which really is the crux of the oh the, like, yeah yeah the whole this season. whole plan the and yeah this whole season question of the what day what are you afraid of losing or losing your brother and mm, historically the mm. latter <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's like yeah like why doesn't dean like plan is it because he thinks it won't work 
work or because the cost is Sam. Yeah. And because this seems to be the one thing that like Dean can't do. Like yeah, if Sam all, is the oh, if Sam is, struggles, he's never mm-hmm. been able to let this happen. And if Sam is truly the only like Dean hates the fact that Sam if Sam is truly the only one who can stop this, then the biggest barrier to the apocalypse is still Dean. Yeah. <laughs> because like will Dean be able to let him? No, he won't. Of and, course he's not. Uh, yeah. Oof. How do you feel about like where we're at now in this like whole season? Now that we're like sitting on the cusp of the finale. So it feels like there's still so much to deal with in one episode. <laughs> like that's insane. <laughs> yeah. This whole first five seasons has been building up to this next episode, and it feels like there's no way they can deal with everything. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. There's a lot. And I'm sure some of it is going to continue past and it's not gonna wrap up every loose end, but there's still there's a lot that they've been building towards this season alone. <laughs> that's yeah, gonna be a lot to pay off. Yeah. We still yeah, haven't even seen adam michael we've heard about him right that oh yeah we get confirmation of that this episode that's another thing we didn't talk about but like yeah yeah, adam said yes which i think we all kind of knew he probably would yeah so he was trapped and and you kind of saw that coming it no like was that something you weren't surprised by no i i yeah i figured that would happen with the potential for him to be a vessel and him being trapped left behind and yeah had to be a temporary measure if nothing else um but I'm dying to see it. <laughs> I want to see how that works, how that goes. Oh, yeah. There's got to be oh, some sort no, of big I confrontation. I fucking wait for you to see the end of this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to hurt uh, so good. <laughs> oh, oh, many of your questions will get answered. But yeah, a yeah, lot, lot to wrap up. And speaking of that. If you want to hear a little bit more about my crazy predictions for the finale and somebody else who doesn't quite know what's happening, but really loves making predictions about what's going on. Jamie from Driver Picks the Podcast and I are going to have a little bonus episode of our own over on Driver Picks the Podcast. And then we'll do it our own special version here on Queering Things after the season five finale. So we'll do a little... A little bit after. A penultimate theory extravaganza with Jamie Mm -hmm. and I over there on their podcast. And then we'll follow it right back up after the finale with some wild predictions about the next 10 seasons of the show that we have. (laughs) Jesus Lord. I cannot tell you how excited I am that we're getting two you and Jamie bonus episodes. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. It's going to be such chaos and I cannot absolutely wait. You said you loved Feral Cast. Just get ready for Feral, (laughs) Jamie and Noah. Listen. Honestly, putting you and Jamie in a Zoom call on your own without any supervision <laughs> and being like, record two episodes of podcasts uh, can only be good. Can oh, only yeah. be good. We will link to the episode on Driver Picks the Podcast. We will link to it in uh, either the show notes or if it's not in the show notes, it'll be on our social media when that comes out. Oh, I actually have one final short point and that's that the Reapers shot, the shot where Ooh. Dean and Crowley are in front of the warehouse and Dean's like, so empty and Carly's like there's tons of reapers and then they and then they do a pan through and you see Dean's kind of silhouette over and the shoulder the mm. it's so visually good I like love so when haunted. they do that break the fourth wall sort of thing yeah. where they show us through ca- Crowley's perspective and then they show us back through Dean's perspective yep. anyway Which, that's like a short point but yeah. I just I loved it also important to note that Crowley is added to the list of characters that should be able to see reapers if there's a big life event you know mm. 
right. Okay, that's Cass a helpful. and Crowley, and I think that's it so far. Anna, but all right. Presumably death, obviously. Presumably, yeah. I would hope so. Assume yeah. The death can see. Can you imagine if you couldn't see your own like employees <laughs> trying to direct them? It'd be a mess. A nightmare. I think that is basically all of our points for the episode itself, but now that means we get to move into going meta. So this is where we talk about lore, representation, behind the scenes trivia, and anything else that we think is important. So first up, we have our rep check. Rep check. Honestly, not a lot of great representation. We touched on how they kind of just erased Bobby's representation this season um, and how we felt about that. I did love the scene where after that, Dean was like, hey, how was your Rockettes audition? And he says, uh, high kick was fair. Boobs need work. <laughs> Funny. It out like, to me. It's a little queer uh, moment. It yeah. And, and it's not played for laugh. Like it's not, it doesn't feel as just straight up homophobic no. of a joke. Yeah. Like it feels a lot more like actually just a, a fun little like, moment that they have with each okay, other. Of, of any profession, like the one that uses their feet the most in their eyes are soccer players and <laughs> rockets, I guess. So <laughs> it didn't feel derogatory. It didn't feel like that. That's why Dean was making that joke. It just felt like yeah, it felt, it felt like, like a... he was making the joke because like Rockettes are like known for their heels. Yeah, yeah, and very and skilled kinks. and yeah. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a fun moment. I, it definitely felt more like a queer moment than a homophobic moment for sure. Which you know, in this episode, we've talked about queer Bobby. We've talked about queer Crowley. Queer Crowley. We always talk about queer. We've talked about queer Dean. It's yeah, yeah. Everyone's gay. Everyone's gay <laughs> here on Queering Thing. It's true. Anything else representation wise? We don't pass the Bechdel test. No. Like one woman with a speaking line. In terms of, I have one pop culture moment that I want to point out that I haven't already pointed out, uh, and that's that the at the beginning of the episode, the convalescent home is named Serenity Valley, and I got this from the Wait supernatural. I got this from the supernatural wiki so when I was good. looking up some details for this episode. It's a very very small I'm so reference. I never noticed that before. So I'm just gonna read what it says in the supernatural wiki. Um, give credit where credit's due. The convalescent home is named Serenity Valley, which is a battle from the TV series Firefly, iconic Mm -hmm. space cowboy found family cowboy show that only ran for one season so malcolm reynolds in that show malcolm reynolds and the brown Cuts lost the war of independence at serenity valley also the actor for crowley so mark shepherd who plays crowley he plays a character named badger (laughs) on firefly which is great his character does and his character character for sure oh so and his character references the battle of serenity valley so it's Mm -hmm. like a really nice little niche reference i had never made that connection but that is amazing I wouldn't have made it without the wiki pointing it out. And I mean, and then the ship I notice it. is also Serenity. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Know, it's a bit of a double. the ship is named after the battle. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so that's just a good, well. a good third, you know, like a fourth wall breaking sort of nod to the actors. And Supernatural's done that. We've done, they've done this before with nods yeah. to the actors, the joke about Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Paris Hilton. House yeah. of Wax. Yeah. So, you know, nice. Fun, cool always fun. I also really liked D- Cass uh, trying to say you could say my batteries are drained and trying to relate to Dean and being like yeah you you would say it like this and Dean's <laughs> like oh you got no more angel mojo and Cass is like fuck I, I missed it I got it wrong <laughs> okay yeah that's what it was I'm sorry 
that's really cute. It's it is very cute. so cute how Trickcast tries out slang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For Dean. Poorly. It's so precious. But it's also so Dean's good. Dean's slang makes so little actual sense. Like it makes yeah. sense, but his 90% references. Yeah. And so it's always fun when Cass like clumsily tries to emulate that. It's so good. Wholesome as fuck. Uh so get this. I was looking into the lore. So I have a question for first from a couple episodes ago that I can't remember. Did they actually get Famine's ring? Did I we see that? Don't happen? think we saw it happen, but it was heavily implied because he just was kind of dead in the chair when we left the episode. Yeah. Brings me to like kind of plot, plot, convenience, convenience moment. Why would they, like, I understand, like at that point, if he's already dead, why would they bother to take his ring? Like kind of makes sense, but also like at that point, they didn't have any idea that the rings would be useful down the road. Well, mm-hmm. but I think they knew at that point that the rings were the source of their power. Right. Mostly. But if he's so dead, does he, does it, I don't know. I don't, I feel like if, if I was fighting the horsemen and I had taken down <laughs> two take- of them and I knew the one of the last two that I was looking for was death, I would be like, yeah, I'm not trusting any kills that I've gotten so far. Okay. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I might just be able to bring him right back. Right. That's another lore piece we don't actually have clarity on is like death. Can death bring people back? Can death bring just humans back or could he bring angels, archangels, etc.? If they got killed by their blade, like demons? Could he bring Gabriel back? That's what I want to know. I'm still not. I'm sorry, Nah. I'm sorry. Okay, but Pestilence also zaps out of the room after they take his ring. I'm unclear as to what powers they do or don't have once the yeah. rings are gone. Yeah, they war. clearly have war some also powers without them. Yeah. So maybe they don't have his name as Pestilence powers, but he still has some generic angel-y powers, but they're not angels. Yeah, which is so, extra, like, okay, but that that begs the question, what are they? They're I don't think we actually get an answer to this in the whole show. They're just like being. Okay. I always pictured them as being like primordial, like a higher level demon. Mm-hmm. Like in the same family as demons. Right. But death, I don't feel like death fits that. I feel like they, for the other three, maybe. But death. Yeah. Death well, is just death. I think. We've established death is, is death definitely doesn't fit different. with these other three, really. Yeah. No. Death is like in a different category of power. Yeah. Yeah. So the other three could be pseudo angels. The other three are like the assistants to the regional death. <laughs> <laughs> right. They just facilitate death. I mean, really, all three of them do. They just facilitate death. War, death, pestilence, death, famine, death. Yeah. It all like ends up there. Yeah. 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 Um we talked a little bit about death scythe and how Crowley may have ended up with that or may have been given it, etc. The very interesting lore piece that we might come back to at some point. Well, and apparently, you know, this seems to be maybe the most powerful weapon we've seen, more powerful than the cult, because it can kill demons and angels <laughs> and reapers and, and apparently death archangels. Which that feels fucking significant. It feels very yeah. significant. If you're in a hunt for an archangel, I feel like. Two archangels, kind of. Mostly Lucifer, but like, I don't know. Mm. I'm not the biggest fan of Michael either. Also, yeah, confirmation of a multiverse. That's that's the most important thing. I have fully forgotten. That was, it's such a big moment, too, to say. Yeah, we we love a good multiverse. Yeah, honestly, very much so. Yeah, Uh, that's all I'm going to like say about that, but like, that's always really. And yeah, they're they're laying down plot threads that they pick up fourteen years later. Crazy. Who knows? You'll see. Mm. You'll see. We well, don't know anything. We've never seen the show before in our lives. <laughs> no, I mean the Winchesters. <laughs> they bring it in the Winchesters. The end of that one. 
Right. Now Dean knows that there's multiple universes. That's last lore piece. Death says he's as old as God, maybe older. Neither of us can remember anymore. In the end, I'll reap him too. God will die too, Dean. Mm, that line always just like sends me to another dimension. Huge how implications. Did you how did you interpret those lines, Noah, in a, like, terms of lore and your understanding of it? Well, yeah. So I don't know. It was odd because it sort of takes this whole universe and reality that everything they've ever known, you know, from the creation of the archangels to all of it and puts it in this bubble. And then God and death are these two beings who came from the last bubble and came to this bubble. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, here now we're now we're in this. We'll make a story here. And then eventually I'll reap him and we'll move on to the next one. Ooh, okay. That's okay. that's how I read it. You know, so, yeah, fascinating from their perspective perspective because they're not going to see us as anything more than specks inside of a bubble right <laughs> this is this is the cycle for them yeah yeah uh you know mass effect how mm, it um yeah sort of the spoiler alert the whole storyline is revolvent around a, a galaxy-wide universe-wide cycle that everything gets destroyed because uh, it's very complicated everything gets destroyed and then it becomes a cycle everything comes back and it's slightly different they guide it to shape evolution over hundreds of thousands of years and so the more you play the more you find out it goes back and back and back further and further so it kind of feels like that these two remnants cross over they're the two constants you always need a a creator and a destroyer Mm, they have to exist in order for there to be balance a little bit yeah fascinating okay Mm. okay that's uh, yeah that's I feel like we've we've been channeling Dean real hard this episode and making this all make sense by relating it to other pop culture. (laughs) It feels like we've been (laughs) doing that a lot this episode. (laughs) Very pop culture heavy episode. Yeah, big big Dean energy going on. Big Dean. Uh, You know what? I love it. I love it. Oh, I was going to tell a deep... Anyway, never mind. It's not going to work now. I was going to tell a story about eating deep dish pizza and I missed my chance. Here we we go. Here we go. Wait, I got you. Uh, One other thing that we didn't touch on much in the episode the threat of chicago just getting wiped off the map right like, that's just kind of a, a big deal that they don't really touch on right and he's just like now nah, we'll keep them i like their pizza <laughs> which i mean chicago deep dish pizza the only time i've had deep dish pizza was actually in new york that's my like <gasps> no. that's the one time that i had deep dish pizza a couple of years oh, yeah. ago and i was like you know deep dish pizza i was like okay it's interesting in concept i went to this deep dish like chicago style deep dish pizza place in new york and that shit is fucking incredible. It looked, but this, the deep dish pizza in this episode doesn't look that great. Mm-mm. It looks kind of mid, but yeah, you know, everybody Listen, around as them a is person dead, who had so. deep dish within the past week. See, we can't get deep dish here. Really? There's no places that do deep dish here. I had never had, like, deep dish is just hard to hmm. find. That or, makes me okay. want to wait or, for you openly. Yeah. Uh, because it is my favorite kind of like food period any canadian listeners out there if you know where there's some good canadian deep dish hit us up specifically in british columbia southern british columbia (laughs) not that there would be in uh, at least now i have another place to add to the list of places to take august when they come visit You could get some good deep deep dish pizza because yeah there's plenty of places in philly that have good deep dish yeah, that's that's where we're going to leave our conversation and we're going to talk about some blessings for our last part of the episode. Ooh. Noah, who do you want to bless this week? Or Elena, whichever one of you gets, you know, you can fight for whichever one you want. I'll go. Yeah, go for it. I'm undecided. So, I'd like to bless Bobby. Ah, okay, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. That's, yeah, you weren't undecided, fine. Noah. Yep. You were just like, can I really bless Bobby every single episode? <laughs> every episode I'm on. Every episode. That's why I did it. I was like, yeah, he's done good. it enough. If Bobby, Bobby 
I feel like I just couldn't go first because I couldn't not choose him. Somebody else had yeah. to choose him first. So, I hear you. You're I welcome. Uh, I choose Bobby uh, because he he finally got something back that he had been desperately missing uh, this this episode. And uh, I'm also just proud of him for getting to explore his sexuality mm. with a lovely older gentleman demon. <laughs> So, so we let, let him that Older being gentleman. forced to kiss being forced to kiss someone is not great. That's so true. Yeah. But I yeah. But he also used tongue. So he was wanting to before the deal was <laughs> having oh, some kind of awakening. It's some yeah, sub, subtext there. And honestly, <laughs> same. But yeah, blessings for Bobby. Blessings for Bobby. I'm going to go ahead and bless Crowley because I think he has made some good steps, great strides to growing actual trust with the brothers. And I think he's going to ruin that all at some point. But for here and now, I love it. And it's very wholesome. And I like seeing him bond with Bobby and Cass as well. That's great. Making a little five person team here. Mm. Yes. Team free will. Team free will. Team free will. Plus two. How about you, August? I want to bless. I want to bless Dean. I think he comes through with some some faith for Sam mm. and in Sam. Yeah. That's that's cool. He kind of comes through this like process in this episode of being like, well, like before I can even decide about whether or not I'm okay with Sam doing this, like I have to decide if I even believe Sam can. Mm. And he kind of comes through that process of like, it's it doesn't it's not this like trust that he has because everything's always been easy with Sam. Mm. It's this trust that he chooses to have because he knows that like Sam deserves that Sam deserves for him to try to trust him and believe in him and give him this opportunity to like show to like yeah choose this like redemption arc I think it's I've always liked that depiction of where their relationship is at at this point and like what trust actually looks like that it's not always natural Mm. like that you know he chooses to trust Sam but is it super natural that he just (laughs) yes you're watching (laughs) supernatural yeah so I want to bless Dean for for that process that he goes through love that yeah well that's all we have for you folks that was a great episode we definitely stayed on task and on track the entire time hey we talked about so many fun things exactly Listen. hey the book the, the, the people we hope we have no idea we hope <laughs> the people like when we just talk about stuff oh no no the people like it for sure <laughs> If you don't, don't tell us. If you do, please tell us. And on that note, you should make sure that you're subscribed to Saving People Queering Things wherever you listen to your podcasts and share our show with your friends. You can find links to our social media and join our Discord server through our website, queeringthingspodcast.com. Also out now, Queering People Saving Throws. Our main crew, along with KJ from Supernatural Opinions, are taking a dive into a queer D&D adventure, releasing every other Friday right here on our feed. Be sure to ride along with us next week as we explore the season five finale, Swan Song. Oh. With with special guests. We have a very special guest joining us who hasn't joined us in season two. That's Jay, who was on our episode on uh, Crossroad Blues. Very excited to have them back next week. And Sam's going to be back as well next week, I believe. It's going to be fun. It's a stacked week. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for coming along for the ride. And we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again. 